Hey guys. hey guys! I'm Savannah. I'm Delaney. And this is the Crime Chronicles. Woo woo! Welcome back. I know every single time, I feel like every episode, we're like, we've been gone forever. But really, this time we were gone For forever. Months. So, yeah. yeah. I think our last episode, last time I checked, was out January, <laughs> January 7th. 7th. Um, it's currently... April 13th. I almost said March 13th. That no, it's a, a whole it's month April, later. April it's 13th. April 13th. <sighs> um, so it's been a little bit. Yeah. Um, we Apologies. have been so booked with so much crazy stuff. And every time I feel like we try to record, one of us is, has something to do or we can't get a case done or one of us is sick or like... Yeah. We've tried... Because so long to for try a and get while an it was like after January because obviously it's like my episode today where I'll be presenting the case and like I was super busy with school like I had a couple classes I think that just like piled on work for a while and then I had end of swim season and stuff and then the minute I was finally free then all of a sudden Savannah was super busy and mm-hmm. we got to spring break and we were like okay we're gonna record this day and then Savannah got like super super sick. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So there was just, like, a lot that happened, and we were gone for a while. So, yeah. It's been quite a bit. We but... were setting up today, and we were like, wait, how... <laughs> how do we do this again? <laughs> like, how we, do we start this thing? We definitely fell out of a routine, but we're back now. And Hopefully. we're starting with, like, a... Ram- not a ram- doozy. A doozy. A doozy, yeah. There we go. But yeah, so it's been just... So, sorry about that. Hopefully, we'll get back on schedule soon enough. And hopefully, like, because where we're at right now, as far as time goes, we're kind of nearing the end of the school year, and so, like, we will have work, but I feel like a lot of teachers, as of right now, haven't necessarily been giving as much as they did. Yeah. Which is really nice, because a lot of it's, like, studying. mm -hmm. So, So. hopefully, we'll just get to kind of have more time to focus on this. So, we're going to have it, we're going to try to, like revamp everything. We're probably going to change our schedule so we have more time to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of that. So. We're going to make it work. Yeah. So, welcome back if you have been Listen waiting before. since January. Yeah. <laughs> but and also... welcome if you're new. Also, welcome to hopefully us being on schedule and not having you having to wait for like months. Yes. So, so hopefully we'll stop being so extremely inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like we said that a lot in the past, but for a while we were actually pretty consistent. We'd just be like, oh, sorry, we're like a week off. And then we hit this and we were like, oh. Yeah. Oh. The most inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was definitely a time where we were like, do they think we're dead? Possibly. Yeah. But yeah, so thank you guys anyway. We've been getting a lot of support even with us not. Yeah. Really being here, like, listens and follows and stuff on Which Instagram. Which is crazy. So yeah, thank you guys for... Still supporting the podcast even while we've been gone for a bit. So. Yeah. But yeah. Now we'll we'll be back and better than ever. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, so since we haven't been around for a while, we don't have a ton of updates on true crime news because we haven't really been keeping up with that a ton. There's also just been so much of it that it's like, where do we even start with any of that? Yeah. There's just been a lot and we haven't really seen a ton of details on anything in yeah. particular. Yeah. Um, but one thing we did want to touch on really quickly was just kind of, like, the influx of, uh, shootings that have been happening recently, and that's not necessarily something that we always talk about on here, because it's not necessarily, like, traditionally true crime, but it's something that is important, and it is crime. 
Uh, yeah. And, you know, there's been a ton that's happening this year, especially in schools. And being high schoolers, we, you know, definitely... It hits home. Yeah. So... It hits really close to home. So, we just want to talk about, like, how important it is to kind of acknowledge that that's a big problem in our country mm-hmm. right now. We also thought it would be important to talk about that quickly because it does tie into the case I'm covering today quite a bit. Um, Not necessarily, like, school shooting-wise, but gun violence-wise, and I think that's also an issue that me and Savannah both care about very deeply. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that, especially with the last two shootings, the one at the elementary school in Tennessee and then the one in Louisville. Louisville at the bank, like, it's just... Like, there, there's ugh. been too many, and none, there's of them, been... none of them should have happened. Yeah. So. And so, I don't know, maybe we might try to find some stuff to link mm-hmm. in that We've done that before, so we can definitely mm-hmm. try to put stuff in our bio or in the episode description. So just yeah. keep a lookout for things you can do to help that, because uh, that is the leading cause of death for children under the age of 18. Which it very much should not be. Yeah. So, yeah. and it's something that we can actually do something about. So. Yeah. Um, thoughts and prayers go to any family members who lost someone in any sort of shooting, recent or not. Mm-hmm. And but I always... also, policy and change is more important. Yeah, so... that's what I was about to say. I was <laughs> like, I can say that as much as I want, but until policy and change actually happens, it doesn't go very far. Yeah. So. Yeah, so on that note... <laughs> that was our little blurb about things in the media. Yeah. So, we'll hopefully get back on time with... Back on track with true crime news, like, soon. Woo! Yeah, so on that note... So, today I will be presenting the murder of Jordan Davis, which was a thing that happened. I don't know what I was trying to say just then. Apologies. (laughs) Woo! The case of Jordan Davis, which happened in 2012, so it's not, like, super, super recent, but it's not, like, an old Only 11 years. Yeah. So, um, I do want to say, just quickly, that... There is a lot of mention of, like, gun violence in this. Um, at the end, we'll also talk a bit about some of, like, the racial motivations, uh, specifically from the perpetrator. Um, and it does involve a group of teenage boys. So if that's something that bothers you, like, feel free to leave, come back, join us during another episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... I'm just gonna go right into it. I don't think Savannah knows a ton about this case. You literally just know the name, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I... Sometimes I know cases, like, not on a name basis, so I might know a little bit about it, but nothing rings a bell initially. Yeah. So, she's going in blind. Yeah. Um, I also don't know how long this episode's gonna end up being. Mm -hmm. I had to kind of toss around the idea of cutting it into two parts, um, but it doesn't really make sense for this case to try to cut it into two parts. Um, it, we might end up doing that, so if you see a part one, just know that that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was doing this, and I thought it was going to be, like, a seven-page investigative thing, like a 40-minute case. I have 16 pages. And so. I know we're going to talk quite a bit about some of the things. So. Yeah, so it'll be, it'll, it'll be, be a hefty one. It'll be a hefty one, but it will be a good one. Yeah. Jordan Davis was born on February 16, 1995, in Atlanta, Georgia. He was born to two loving parents, Ron Davis and Lucy McBath. McBath. Woo! Jordan was his parents' miracle baby, 
as his parents had just been through a series of miscarriages, including the stillbirth of a baby boy right before Jordan. Oh, that's so hard. I know. And so, like, they were just over the moon when Jordan was born, and he was, like, their gift. Yeah. Like, this was their pride and joy. Um, but despite that, when Jordan was around four years old, his parents ended up getting a divorce, which led his dad to move to Jacksonville, Florida, and Jordan and his mom ended up staying behind in Atlanta, where Jordan lived for a big majority of his life. Okay. Um, despite some of the new distance, Jordan's dad did make the time to see his son as much as possible. Um, he would go and see Jordan at least once a month, if not more. Okay. Um, and as far as I can tell, they still had a good relationship overall. And okay. this becomes, like, really evident later on. Um, growing up, Jordan was really, really popular with his peers. He was kind of like an outgoing type of person, even at a young age. He had a lot of friends, was involved in sports, and was sort of the class clown type. Okay. A fun little detail I found from one of his friends is that, like, even though Jordan was involved in all these sports, he wasn't necessarily always the best at them. <laughs> but so... he would still participate in stuff. Just to, like, hang out with people and, I love like, that have fun. Him. And I'm like, you do you. Like, I could never, but, like, like... That's what it's about, though, really, like... Yeah, like, if you're not having fun, like, what what's the point? Yeah. Like, YOLO. <laughs> Anyways. But he also grew up going to church and went pretty much every weekend with his grandparents if he couldn't go with his parents. Okay. <clears throat> so, overall, Jordan Davis was a really, really good kid and, like, literally, he was just, like, a normal... Normal boy. Sounds like a normal guy, yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, when Jordan was seven, his mom began a long and hard battle with cancer. Oh. There was a point when his mom recovered, and Mm -hmm. many people thought that she would be okay, but then a few years later, the cancer came back. Yeah. Um, this cancer came back in 2010, and this time it was a lot more aggressive, and it impacted her tremendously. Um, this time it was, like, so aggressive that she was really, like, almost incapacitated, and she couldn't take care Mm. of... She could barely take care of herself, let alone Jordan, who was only 14 or 15 at the time. Oh, jeez. Um, so, due to her illness, Jordan's parents both kind of chatted and decided that Jordan was going to go live with his dad in Jacksonville. Okay. So, both parents had kind of sat down and decided this, um, but Jordan himself was not necessarily happy with this decision. Well, especially if he's lived with his mom for so long, like... Yeah. He, I'm like... Sure that wasn't a... It was, no, he was upset because, first of all, it's a change, he's leaving all his friends, he's leaving the place he's grown up in his entire life, Mm -hmm. um, and he also just wanted to stay with his mom, like, he... Well, especially if she's having a hard time, it's, like, I bet it doesn't feel great to just immediately up and leave as soon as things get, like, hard, even if it's not his choice. So, leading up because of this, and, like, some of the stuff Savannah said, too... Um, he really fought against the move leading up to it and kind of tried as hard as he could to convince them to let him stay in mm-hmm. Atlanta with his mom. However, his mom insisted that he go because she didn't want to s- want him to see her suffer. Uh. Which, like, you can just, like, that's such, like, a mom mm-hmm. instinct, I think. It's um, a terrible situation. I know. Though. It's, like, the whole situation really sucks. And, like, later on, there's some things with, like, his parents and, like, what they do in, like, of his life, and it just, like, the whole situation's heartbreaking. Yeah. Anyways. But Jordan did end up moving to Jacksonville, and following the move, he really did grow resentful towards his mom for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, he wouldn't answer her calls, and it was clear that he was just, like, really hurt by the whole situation. Because yeah. not only was his mom going through cancer, but now his whole life was changed. Mm-hmm. And, like, as a teenage boy, like, that's not easy in the yeah. slightest. Yeah, especially being that young. Mm-hmm. However, eventually Jordan, like, was able to settle into his new home, and he began talking to his mom again and would go to the beach with his dad quite a bit. And he found a new group of friends. He also got a girlfriend during this time named Aaliyah, and they were really cute together. Aww. Like, there are a few photos that I found online when I was doing research, and they were just, like, the cutest. Like, Aww. I don't know how That's to explain so that. Um, as a whole, his life was going pretty well despite the bumps that he, like, had experienced so young, and he went back to being his normal charismatic self. However, when Jordan was only 17 years old, the unthinkable happened. In November of 2012... Jordan made plans to go out on Black Friday to go shopping and hang out with his friends, as, like, most teenagers do. Mm-hmm. On November 23rd, Jordan and two of his friends, Leland and Tevin, were picked up by their friend Tommy in a red Dodge SUV that belonged to Tommy's aunt. Okay. The Ford boys would often do stuff like this, where they would just, like, all get into one car and go out and just drive around, blasting music and screaming the lyrics. Yeah, that sounds... As, like... That tracks. <laughs> yeah. And, like, this is not abnormal for teens in any... Anyway. Oh, yeah. Like, I know that my parents did it when they were young, and, like, me and Savannah do it all the time. Like, me and a couple of- us and a couple of our other friends will, like, go around blasting Taylor Swift. Like, like, this is just something that teenagers do. So they were going out to have a good time. Yeah. After driving around- There we go. (laughs) (laughs) After driving around for a while, the boys decided to pull over to a gas station, as one does, and they parked in front of this convenience store. This specific gas station was Gate Gas Station, and it's in the south side area of Jacksonville. Okay. Tommy got out of the car and ran in to grab some cigarettes, which was their main reason for stopping, Mm. and the rest of the boys remained in the car where the music was still playing pretty loudly. Um, While the three other boys were in the car, another car pulled into the gas station and pulled up pretty much alongside them. So they were, like, maybe a spot or so over, and they were both parked in front of this convenience store. This was a smaller black car... And there were two people inside. The driver was an older, white, middle-aged man, and the passenger was a middle-aged, white woman. The woman got out of the car and went into the store, leaving this guy in the car in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. Shortly after, witnesses who were at the gas station recall hearing some sort of commotion coming from these two parked cars. Oh, I don't like this already. (laughs) Yeah, brace yourself. Um, When people turned around to see what was happening, it was clear that some sort of argument between the boys in the car and this man in the black car had broken out. As the fight began to escalate, Tommy ended up finishing whatever he was getting in the store and walked back out towards the car. Tommy then realized there was an argument and got into the car, presumably to drive away. Yeah. Not even a minute after Tommy re-entered the car, witnesses heard ten rapid-fire gunshots. Whoa. Yeah. Following the shots, the Red Dodge sped away, like, just getting out of the parking lot as quick as possible, and this was quickly followed by the small black car once the woman had returned from inside the store. However, less than a minute after both cars had sped out of the gas station, the Red Dodge containing the four boys sped right back into the parking lot. All four of this- all four windows of this car were now down, and witnesses heard the passengers shouting and screaming from inside for someone to call 911. Oh god. As the boys had tried to get away from the gunfire, they realized that one of the boys in the car had been hit. 17-year-old Jordan Davis had been shot by one of these rounds. He was only 17? Mm-hmm. 
So Jordan and his friend Leland had been in the back of this red Dodge, and then Tevin and Tommy were in the front. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were initially leaving the parking lot following the gunfire, Leland had pulled Jordan back from the window because it kind of looked like he was like looking out. Yeah. The window, and so Leland was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get back from the window. But when he tried to pull Jordan back, Jordan just kind of slumped back into his arms, and that's when Leland realized that Jordan was covered in blood. Oh, God. Um, so Leland p- started panicking, obviously, like, his friend was hurt, they had just been shot at, like... Well, yeah. That's if- a situation that, as a teenager, you're like, what the fuck? Well, even if someone happened? hadn't been hit, that's, like, terrifying yeah. to be, like, shot at, like, mm-hmm. that's... Obviously not, yeah. And so, then Tommy, who was still driving, had figured out what was going on and made the split-second decision to just go back into the gas station for help, even though the other car might still be there. Because at this point, they didn't care. They just wanted to go back to the gas station where they thought they could get their friend help, like someone could call 911. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, we were, we're trying to get through this episode without me coughing, <laughs> and, and it didn't work. It's too late now. <laughs> Anyways, my voice has been dying all week, so sorry if you hear me aggressively dying. Whew. So, uh, going back a bit, these again, they didn't care, they just really wanted to get Jordan help. Yeah. So as they turned back into the parking lot, they literally passed the black car, like, going out the other way. Oh, jeez. Um, and again, that's the car that had just shot their friend. Yeah. So Jordan was losing blood pretty rapidly, and right away he began to go in and out of consciousness. The police were called at 7.42 p.m., exactly three minutes after shots had been fired. So this happened really quickly. Yeah. Like, there was no second for witnesses to even process what had just happened, let alone the people actually involved in the incident. Mm -hmm. And now... These four boys who just went out to go drive around and listen to music had one of their friends going in and out of consciousness, losing blood. They had just been shot at ten times, and they were in the middle of this gas station. Yeah. Um, While police were on the way, bystanders kind of rushed over and did everything that they could to help Jordan. Mm -hmm. They were putting pressure on the wound, some were attempting CPR, and the others were comforting the other boys, trying to keep them calm as much as possible in face of this really traumatic event. Well, yeah. Paramedics and police arrived on scene around 7.47, five minutes after 911 had been called. Paramedics immediately went over to Jordan, who was on the ground in this parking lot, and began performing emergency CPR. He was then loaded onto a stretcher and put into an ambulance, which promptly sped off to the hospital. Um, during this time, police had learned that the shooter had taken off himself, and so they taped off, taped up the scene. They talked to witnesses, gathered evidence, and spoke with the three other boys. During this time, Jordan's friends also began calling their parents to let them know what had just happened. Jordan's family, though, was still completely unaware that their son had even been shot. Oh my gosh. In fact, it wasn't until Leland's mom called Jordan's dad, Ron, that they learned about Jordan's condition. Making that call would be, like, mm-hmm. the worst The worst. Thing. And, like, because there are things that I pulled from this call that I'm about to tell you. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. It, it's not. So, Leland's mom gets a call from Leland, mm-hmm. finds out what's going on, hangs up with Leland, and calls Ron, Jordan's dad. When Ron answered the phone, Leland's mom was already in tears, like, hysteric, well, yeah. because, like... Well, her son was involved, mm-hmm. too, and, like, I'm sure she knew the other kids. Yeah. 
And so it was clear immediately when he picked up the phone that something was really wrong. Leland's mom explained the situation as best she could, like, through tears and stuff, saying that the other boys are okay and that they were answering questions at the police station. When Ron asked where Jordan was, all Leland's mom could say was Ron. Ron Jordan took a bullet. Oh my god. And when Ron asked for more information, like, if his son was even alive, she couldn't tell him because she genuinely didn't know. Yeah. All she knew was that Jordan had been taken to Shan's hospital. So, at this time when Jordan's dad got the call, he had been taking, like, picking up some odd shifts to make ends meet. Yeah. And it was during this time that he was working one of these shifts. Um, and when he got this call, he immediately left his job to go to the hospital where Jordan was. Yeah, that's absolutely, like, fair. Um, according to Ron, this entire 30-minute drive was spent in agony. He said that he literally could not control his emotions and that the entire time there were just tears streaming down his face to the point where he could barely even see the road. I Sadly, can't imagine, like... Yeah. It, Especially not knowing, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the part that, it, like, I don't... Because when his dad got to the hospital, he had also realized that he had forgotten his ID in the rush and because of privacy laws at the hospital... <sighs> They couldn't legally give him any information on his own son's condition until they could verify who he was. Oh my god. <laughs> so, Ron got to this hospital already panicking because he still doesn't know what his son, like, if his son's dead or alive or in surgery. And then he sat there for another hour, oh my god. not knowing if his son was, like, where his son was or if he was okay. Like, even what was just really going on. Yeah. Because I'm sure that Leland's mom was, like, <coughs> kind of had a hard time. Well, I'm sure she didn't know everything either, like, and no. communicating through. And I'm sure that her son also didn't know a ton because all he knows is that they were in this parking lot, they got shot at, and now. Yeah. Like, it just literally happened that So quick. quick. <clears throat> Finally, after an hour, two police officers, a doctor, and the hospital chaplain came out to talk to Ron. Um, a really heart-wrenching detail I found about this from Jordan's dad said that when he saw how many people came out to talk to him, he already knew that his son was dead. That's so terrible. Um, the doctor had barely started to say that he did all he could, and Ron just, like, collapsed. He could not. Yeah. <coughs> That's so, like, upsetting. Yeah. This whole case, like, you're about to get mad, too. Oh, no. Um, so this just, like, breaks my heart because no parent should ever have to experience that. Yeah. Um, so 17-year-old Jordan Davis was pronounced dead on November 23rd, 2012 at 8.15 p.m. Um, Ron had been allowed to go into the room where Jordan was to say goodbye, but he was instructed to not touch the body as this was now a murder case as well as a, like, a shooting. Mm -hmm. Um, but the minute Ron entered this room and saw his son, his now dead teenage son he couldn't restrain himself and he just ran over and grabbed and hugged jordan like sobbing i don't blame him i honestly. don't at all like i like i know why they didn't want him to do that but i do not blame him in the slightest yeah um about this ron said i wish no person had to cry these kind of these kinds of tears i gave him his first kiss as he came into this world i held him in my arms and i kissed him his last goodbye so sad. I know. Oh my god. Like, this whole case just hurts the entire way through. So, <clears throat> now that is, like, the way I'm organizing this, 
because right now it might seem a little confusing just because there wasn't a bunch of detail there but that's just like the basic what had just happened okay <laughs> because at that time like no one really knew what who had been involved what the nature of the argument was well yeah it just kind of sounds like yeah you don't really know why so now we're gonna go into the investigation where police start talking to people and figuring out what had just happened okay so police were now facing not just a shooting but a murder Thankfully, despite the fact that the black car had sped off, there were witnesses who had made sure to take note of the license plate on the car. That's smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they took note of this, along with any other details they can remember, kind of like make and model. Mm-hmm. Um, so now police had the information they needed to find the owner of this black car, which really, I think, sped up a Probably ton. A lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when the license plate was run, the owner came up right away. The driver was 45-year-old Michael David Dunn. Michael was a software developer originally from Minnesota. He had moved to Florida. Flor- <laughs> he had moved to Florida and had actually been living there for a while. However, Michael was not from Jacksonville. Like he didn't live in Jacksonville. Okay. He just had happened to be there that weekend for his own son's wedding. Oh my gosh. So, um Michael Dunn had gone to this wedding with his fiance named Rhonda, who was the lady who was in the car with him when he was at the gas station. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael had been previously married to the mom of his adult son that they were there for the wedding for, mm-hmm. um, but they had been divorced for quite a bit, so now he's engaged to Rhonda. Yeah. Um, on the way back from, way back to the hotel from the wedding, they had decided into pull. Ooh. <laughs> Hold on. Words are a struggle today. <laughs> they are. That in my voice right now. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Great combo. On the way back to their hotel from the wedding, they decided to pull off into Gate Gas Station for snacks and wine. Um, once parked, Rhonda had just gotten out of the car and went into the store and picked up the things they needed. By the time she returned from inside the store, the Dodge had already gone and she had no clue that Michael had just shot and killed Jordan Davis. So, he, like, left without her? No. The black car, so Oh, the, the red the car red was The red car was yes, gone. yes, yes, yes. And okay. Michael was just there, but she had no idea the, that any he, of this had okay, just happened. Okay, that makes... Okay, got it. Um, so now going a little bit back to the investigation, because that's, like, just, like, a side note. Mm-hmm. Um, police officers, once this name came up, had sent officers to Michael's house to question him. However, Michael was still in Jacksonville for, like this little trip that they had taken for the wedding. Yeah. So he wasn't at his house. Yeah. But while police officers were there, many of Michael's neighbors were not at all surprised to hear that Michael was suspected of murder. Oh. In fact... It's great when they, like, <laughs> immediately aren't surprised, too. Yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, that guy, he was definitely an asshole. Yeah. Like, he 100% would do that. In fact, police learned that Michael Dunn was known to be a violent man with an extremely quick temper. Especially with his significant others. Oh, no. So he was just a dick. Yeah. He's... I hate him. Like a violent... Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, many people even said that it was not out of character if one day he had just snapped and killed someone. Oh, my God. (laughs) So now I want to... You should not be known as a person that people would be like... Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) You've murdered someone? That makes sense. 100% that tracks. Like... What? Like, uh-uh. That's not something you want to strive to be. Yeah, that should not be your reputation. No. 
And uh, now I want to kind of like something that has really bothered me this entire, like when I was researching this entire case, was how the fuck was this man who is known to be violent, how was he able to get a gun legally? Mm, that's like, the problem. If so many people know him to be violent, how was he so easily able to get a weapon that is so quickly used to commit acts of violence? Like, Well, I don't if, know if you know, like anything specifically, but I'd almost 100% bet that's not the only gun he owned, too. Oh, no. Because, like, if he was out of his house for a trip and just had that on him, like, 100% mm-hmm. he had other ones. Oh, and I'm not 100%. sure if he, like, they... I don't know if that's, like, I don't know if I could find that anywhere, but there... I've... Based on the type of man he is and some of the things I'm going to tell you later, he definitely had more than one gun. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand how it's so easy in America for people like that who are known to be violent to get guns. Mm-hmm. Just, like, have a... Just yep. have a weapon that could kill someone in less than three minutes. Well, especially because you said it was a rapid-fire one, wasn't it? Uh, no. The shots were just done in, like, kind of quick succession. Oh, okay. It's, like, a handgun, I believe. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. So, police heard this, got all the other information that they could from the neighbors, and then asked them to contact them when Rhonda and Michael returned home. The next day, around 10 a.m., Michael and Rhonda got home, and Michael went right away to one of his con- one of his neighbors and confessed everything. Like, Whoa. He just spilled his guts. Oh. Um, but, like, he also, no, he didn't, because he was an asshole. Well, I'm sure he made it where he was, like, he was the victim or something. Or, yep, okay. <laughs> Love <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so, Michael said that he, so he basically went to this neighbor and was like, oh my god, I just shot someone. Like, I just shot at the, like, this truck and oh my god. Whatever. Okay. And he was like, I One of my neighbors just, like, came up to me and said that, I'd be like, oh, okay, let me go make a call. <laughs> Don't worry, this is what this neighbor does. Right? Oh, good? <clears throat> oh, okay. I was like, because <laughs> Michael was like, I feel like I should maybe turn myself in, but uh, I don't know. And this neighbor was like, aha, bitch! He was like, yeah, you should! Yeah, you should! He was like, like, you sit your ass down. And the neighbor left. He's like, if you're not gonna do it, I'll turn you in. Yeah. yeah. So the neighbor was like, "Mm -hmm, maybe we should do that. And so the neighbor, like, left the room, picked up the phone, called the police saying that he had Michael at his house and he wasn't gonna let him leave. (laughs) And that Michael was ready to turn himself over. Yeah. So, now Michael is... In a place where police are coming to get him. Okay. So when police arrive, Michael was instructed to go out into this garden of this house where he was in- also instructed to kneel and put his hands over his head so he could be arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, when Michael Dunn was at the police station, he waived his right to his lawyer, which is very, oh. very odd, especially for those who are actually guilty of a crime. Yeah. Because it's like, they know that it's not smart to talk without a lawyer. Or especially if he... What my guess is he's probably going to make it where it's like, he, they were being, like, aggressive towards me, like, uh-huh. self-defense. Why would you, like, decide to not have a legal stance of that? Because, like, a lawyer can help you craft that argument, you know? Like, so... No, I'm not saying I'm Oh yeah, glad that he so has he a lawyer. So he waives his right. Glad he doesn't have a lawyer, is um, what I'm saying. Like, but it was such a good thing that he didn't have a lawyer because he <laughs> fucked up so hard. Well, like, he seems he like a stupid motherfucker, so... Oh, he's so Not surprised. Dumb. I hate him so much. Yeah. Like, he's... He's an asshole. Michael he's Dunn just stupid. Hate club. Yes, absolutely. Um, anyways. So, 
this was odd, but regardless, he waved this right and just started blabbing to Belize. Great. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, love that. Yeah, confess all that shit, bud. So Go now I'm going to tell you Michael's side of the story, which is what he told oh, police. God. I'm not going to believe a second of this. So, this is what he says happened, and this is the thing he maintains to this day. This is about to be the most bullshit I've ever heard in my life. Oh, yeah. I can already tell. And so I'm going to go through it, and then I have a list of things that tells you why this is a bullshit story. I'm so excited for that. Okay, let's <laughs> yeah. go. So, according to Michael, he pulled into the, this gas station and Rhonda went inside. True. Yep. Um, he then says that the boys next to him were playing their music extremely loudly, and that it was so loud that he could barely think. Uh Michael then rolled okay, up. Okay, then his... move to a different parking spot. You're gonna be alright. Literally. <laughs> or also go into the store with he your He was there fiance. for two minutes. Like, right? like, you're gonna be okay. Like, she'll come out in two minutes. You can drive away. Yeah. But regardless, he says that he rolled down his window very politely. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and sure. To ask if they wouldn't mind turning the music down a bit. Okay, whatever. This is when, according, again, according to him, one of the boys in the back started threatening Michael and, be- and that he, like, decided that he needed to defend himself against these boys. Yeah, bullshit. Uh-huh. Um. I bet threatening, they were probably just like, fuck you. Because, like, that is what a teenager would say. Oh, yeah. And I don't see that there's anything, like... I mean, that's not necessarily polite or anything, but it's also not, like, threatening your no. life. Like, you're gonna survive I- that, I think. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what was actually, like, because an argument did happen, but I'll tell you about, like, what actually... Yeah, I, I highly doubt that they were really, like, threatening him. So, what he said was that Jordan, in the back, was shouting at him, saying things like, I'm gonna kill that bitch, and things of that nature. Mm, okay, bud. He then said that he saw Jordan reach down for something and hold up a gun to the window. Um, Michael says... <laughs> hold on. <laughs> now... Maybe you just haven't mentioned this yet, but I feel like we would have brought up the fact if Jordan did have a gun with him. Think maybe I'm thinking that he didn't. <laughs> um, but, Don't worry, we'll we'll get yeah. To that. Okay. So Michael says that Jordan held this gun up to the window, and that then Mike that he like kind of waved it at him. Blah, 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 blah. Then Michael says that Jordan got out of the car to attack him, like left the Dodge. Left. Okay. And, t- and, like, came up to him and, like, that he saw down the barrel of his gun and feared for his own life. Oh, and- bullshit. Be and so, so for real. And so this is when he, in defense of his own life... Yeah, sure. ...pulled out his own gun from the, like, uh, glove compartment of his car. Okay, realistically, let's pretend that that all happened. He was, according to, in his own words, staring down the barrel of this gun. How did you have the time... To get, like, this guy, this gun is pointed right at your head. You're looking right at it. How did you have the time to, like, reach around, find your gun, like, load it, cock it, get it all the way up, and then fire ten shots without him shooting you first? That does not realistically make a lot of sense to me. This is also (laughs) a 45-year-old man pulling a gun on a 17-year-old boy. Let's keep this in mind also. Well, because, like... But just logistically, like, that situation doesn't make sense. Oh, Because, like, no. if he was actually, if you actually thought that he was gonna kill you, you wouldn't, like, take a ton of time to try and 
Okay, no, that just it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I I know I I feel your frustration because I had the exact same thing when I was researching, and I have a list for you of things that don't make sense with yeah, the story. Yeah, let's let's hear them. Well, first we have to finish his little. Oh, tale. he's not done yet. Oh no! Oh god! So at this time, this is when we know that he shot at the Dodge ten times. Mm-hmm. Although Michael obviously didn't include this little detail in his story because he knew that that doesn't make any fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, that's the end of the story. Oh, okay. I was just like, I pulled my gun out and I shot at them. <sighs> poor me. Oh, yeah, sure. Anyway. We all feel so bad for you. Uh-huh, poor little Michael. Right, like... Anyways, now I'm gonna tell you all the ways that this bullshit story falls apart. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. not gonna be surprised at all. First of all, ten shots. We kind of already talked about this. Ten shots? <sighs> if this were truly self-defense, you might expect to see, like, one, maybe two yeah. shots. I don't, I don't think that self-defense would be that many. No. And there are more details later about, like, how exactly and where exactly he fired these ten shots. Yeah. That make it even less likely that it's yeah. self-defense. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get to that later because I want to leave, leave that for a little. Yeah. Um, second, there were no weapons or anything even resembling a weapon found yeah. in the Red Dodge or on any of the person of any of the boys. Yeah. I... I could have told you that before we even... Oh, yeah. No. So... I highly doubt How can you see a gun? Right? Like, where the fuck did the gun come from, Michael? Well, because, like, I almost believe that, like, a bunch of kids would find something that, like, looked like a gun to Mm -hmm. be kind of, like, stupid about it. But I also don't think that... It didn't sound like they were that type, really. Oh, no. Definitely not. I didn't... Like... Revisiting who Jordan is as a person, obviously, like, I didn't know him personally. I didn't know what type of friends he had, but he went to church every weekend with his grandparents. He was involved well, it wasn't in sports like he was, in like, community. in a really bad crowd or something no. like that, where some, like, at-risk behaviors might occur more, like, I, yeah. And again, nothing even resembling a gun was found yeah. in the car. Yeah. Mm-mm. Third. None of the witnesses saw any other gun but Michael's, Michael Dunn's. Yeah. So, like, none of them saw mm-hmm. any Well, it of sounds that. like they were paying attention, too. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like well, these witnesses were like, Well, because they heard a bunch of commotion, really and they were like, what Yeah, the fuck? like, they were all, like, it seemed like they were pretty attentive. So oh, if yeah. they saw, like, a standoff, then I feel like mm-hmm. someone would have said something. And again, none of the witnesses, not again, but none of the witnesses saw anyone from the Red Dodge get out of the car. Yeah, that's also something I feel like they would have seen. Also, no witnesses remember hearing the words, I'm gonna kill this bitch, in any capacity. Or, like, anything related to that. Nope. From either of the cars. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't remember hearing any of that. Yeah, so all of this he's saying is just completely untrue. So the entire basis of Michael's argument literally doesn't even match up with anyone else's account of the event. Yeah. Nor does it make any fucking sense. Yeah, no. I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> no. Not in the slightest. Oh. So, at this point, police are like, you're a fucking liar. Yeah, they're like, mm, I don't know about that, bud. <laughs> and they basically, like, insinuate to Michael that they're like, hey, bud, we know you're lying. We don't believe you in the, in the yeah. slightest, you know? And they literally bring up everything that I just told you, and we're like, mm, bitch, no one saw this happen. Yeah, like, no. And this is when Michael was like, oh, fuck, they don't believe me, they don't, oh, fuck. And yeah. he was like, I want a lawyer! <laughs> you dumb bitch. Oh my <laughs> lord. Now he wants one? Uh-huh. Before he came up with that ab- oh my lord. Okay. 
So okay. All right. Over the next few days, police are like, oh, well, if he wants a lawyer, I guess we're going to go interview everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so they were able to piece together as close to the actual series of events as possible. Okay. So they interviewed all the boys again. They interviewed witnesses. They interviewed, I, I think, Rhonda also and Michael and all yeah. the people. Everybody involved. So now what I'm about to tell you is the series of events believed to be the most accurate based on multiple accounts which were collected and examined by police. Okay. Rhonda says, so also during this account, I'll be switching back and forth between perspectives a bit, just because this is how it all fits Accumulated, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, So Rhonda, the fiancé, Rhonda says that as the two pulled in, Michael had immediately started complaining about, quote, thug music. Okay, old man. Uh-huh. Then fucking drive somewhere else. Like, <laughs> it's not that hard. But there's, like, a bit that I wanted to delve into with those words specifically. Um, so the words Michael used to complain about this music to Rhonda tells you right away that this anger was more than just being annoyed by loud music. Yep. The word thug, more often than not, is used in a very racially charged way. Specifically, mm-hmm. a racist way. Yeah. Um... In fact, there was even an article that was referenced in a video that I watched about this case. Um, the video was done by Eleanor Neal, and I'm not sure where she found the actual article. I could probably find it. But it talked about how many times the word thug is used with the same energy in modern day that the Ensler was in the past. Yeah. So, like, right away, like, you can tell that he's very much... Being racist. This was not just, like, a self-defense. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. Um, so, it may not be officially recognized, like, legally, because oftentimes, like, racial-based things aren't. Yeah. But well, I... Hate crimes can go unrecognized a lot of the time. Yeah. Even if it's, like, widely acknowledged by the public, maybe it's not legally recognized, but many, many, many people, including myself, believe that race really did play a huge part of like, the events which were to follow, Mm -hmm. um, and that had these boys been white blasting their music, it It might have turned out differently. Yeah. And obviously there's no way to say that, because Michael Dunn is clearly... An asshole either way. Yeah, but, but, like, yeah, like, I think that this whole situation was Was definitely propelled by that as well. Mm -hmm. So, Michael is complaining about this music. Rhonda goes into the store, leaving Michael still fuming and mm-hmm. bitching about little, it in the car. His little fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, this was... So this is now when I'm gonna switch to the perspective of the boys in the car, because obviously no one believes Michael's bullshit story. Of course. So... And Rhonda's not, like, also the most trustworthy source, necessarily, because no. she's, like... Overall... Kind of biased towards... In a way, when she found out what happened she wasn't necessarily like oh he would never do that in fact she was like oh that bitch definitely did that oh okay great so (laughs) okay because again he was an asshole to her Mm -hmm. so like it wasn't out of character for him to be an asshole to other people okay so um like obviously still bias and there's something i'm going to talk about later where he tries to gaslight the shit out of her before trial but it's more it's more believable if she's not like oh he was he's an angel he would never do that you know so, um, and a lot of the times when we're talking about Rhonda's perspective, it's when it was just, like, her and Michael places, mm-hmm. but for the actual events which transpired at the gas station, a lot of the times it's based on Witness and, um, like, Jordan's friends. Okay. So, um, 
Tevin says that, whoa, jumped ahead, sorry. <laughs> so, Tevin was in the front seat, um, like, the passenger front seat, mm-hmm. uh, and Leland and Jordan were in the back. At this point, Tommy was already in the store, getting whatever. Yeah. Um, Tevin says that this is when Michael rolled down his window and asked if they would turn down the music. Tevin initially did turn down the music. Okay. Just, like, you know, whatever. But the two boys in the back were kind of, like, you know, like, when you're with your friends and you're like, oh, like, uh. Yeah. Like, they Again, were- they're, they're kids. They're kids. Like, it's they're not... 17. Like, they're not- They're just, Ugh. like, literally living their life. Like, yeah. And it's not like it's harming you. And like... so, from the back, Jordan and Leland were like, no, bro, like, turn it back up! Like, to... And like, so, how, yeah. like, you know, t- like, that's so totally something we would do. Well, because it's also not, like, hurting Michael. Like, no. you're gonna be alright. It's And so this is when Jordan from the back even yelled, fuck that shit, turn it back up! <laughs> Which is... Which, like, a normal teenage thing response. to do. And yeah. so Tevin laughed and turned it back up. Yeah. Because, like, I can see... Because that's, like, a light... Like, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't no. matter that much. Like, it's Because not... in hindsight, like... I guess it's easy to be like, oh, that was so stupid. Like, why would you, why like, would you, like, anger him? But, like, also, that's so totally to res- something I would say to a friend. Right, like, like, you shouldn't have to be responsible for no. this old man's, like... There's also no way that they could have known that something as small as turning their music back up could have resulted in Michael shooting at them. Because it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Like, that should not be a thing that they have to worry about, especially as teenagers. Right. Because also, on a psychological level, like, apart from just, like, how dumb as fuck that is on a psychological level teenagers are like are prone to being like oh i'm fucking invincible like nothing is gonna happen to me Mm -hmm. so like for a 17 year old boy to say something like that like that i shouldn't matter i don't think (laughs) there's anything that wrong with it um and so (sighs) anyways yeah Michael could not drop it, however, even though he's a 45-year-old, like, grown-ass man. Roll up your window and go to a different parking spot. Like... Literally. Rhonda walked out two minutes later. You'll survive. You'll be okay. Yeah. So... You can deal with it for two minutes, then you can go back to your little... A lot of this case is Michael Dunn being a privileged white man who has never been told no. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's bullshit. Yeah. So, he couldn't drop it. And he yelled back at the Red Dodge, saying, You're not gonna talk to me like that. Okay, bitch. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I, first if of all, I had heard that, the... I would have fucking laughed so And hard. also, like, they weren't talking to you. No. <laughs> like, they were referencing the whole situation, bud. Like, mm-hmm. nobody personally aggressed you. Attacked you. you. Like, that was Jordan be- talking to Tevin, being like, turn it back up. Yeah. No. No one's, no one's speaking to you. You're not involved in this. Like. No. So, this is the moment that... It escalated, largely on account of the 45-year-old man, mm-hmm. not the 17-year-old. Mm-hmm. Who were which, literally like, just sitting in their car, like... What? Yeah. So, again, the event escalated and the argument really took off. Jordan was the boy who did end up arguing the most with Michael, mm-hmm. although they all were kind of partaking in it. Yeah. Um, His friends did say that Jordan was being rude, but again, this is about loud music. Yeah. And if he had, like, no way of knowing that, this grown-ass man would take it as far as pulling a gun out and firing ten times. Well, like, it's, it's, even if he was being rude, like, it's not that deep, you know? Like, and it's again, not... like, teenagers tend to be rude, and you're a 45-year-old man who should learn to control your temper. Yeah. Like, 
yeah. Anyways. It's like, you, even if he was rude, like, okay. Like, Move on. Complain about it to Rhonda when she gets in the car. Right? Like, like, it's not that important. So as all of this was happening, Tommy came back and was pretty much unaware of the situation because he had been in the store. So he yeah. was just, like, walking back in, in his car like, oh. and he was like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, it was around this time that Michael claims that the gun, which was never real, mm-hmm. just to reiterate that, never existed, was pulled. Mm-hmm. So, right as Tommy kind of got in the car, this is when Michael Dunn pulled his gun and began firing. Which is, like, such an <coughs> unnecessary escalation. I know. Like, I, like, why would you argue with a bunch of teenagers about their music, first of all? Mm-hmm. Like... How sad is your life that that's really what, like... Very sad. ...is so exciting He's a very for sad you. Man. Like, I... why is that the highlight of your fucking I'll life? I'll pull up a photo of you... Fo- photo of Michael Dunn for you at the end. I don't want to look at that bitch. Ew. Just so you can be like, oh, that's a pathetic-ass bitch. Yeah, because it's like... Why does it matter? Like, there's it no... It doesn't. It shouldn't... There shouldn't be any reason for, like... I understand that, like... I don't know. I guess I understand that he, like... He was like, hey, turn down the music. But, like, if... If they were like, no, it's not like... <laughs> it isn't deserving of death. No, absolutely not. Nowhere close to or that. Even like, like, honestly, if I, some, I for some reason, yeah. was like, hey, can you turn down the music? And then people were like, no, I'd be like, okay, whatever. And then roll my You're window back up. You're also a people pleaser and you would have never asked in the first place, but... But I feel like a normal person would just be like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah. And then just roll back the window. Or, it's like, not, drive away. Right, like, be like, okay, whatever. Like, and again, with the whole bullshit self-defense story if he were really fearing for his life why would he not just drive away right like (laughs) anyways okay so michael began firing at the side of the car and now this is when i'm going to tell you some details that makes his bullshit self-defense story fall apart even more even more Uh i didn't even know that was possible so he started firing kind of out the window and he got off four shots into the side of the dodge and this Mm -hmm. is when tommy realized like that they were being shot at. Yeah. So Tommy steps on the gas and they, like, book it out of there as yeah. quick as they could because, like, oh my god, we're being shot at. Yeah. Then Michael motherfucking Dunn gets out of his car, Jesus stands Christ. up, full shooting position, like, out in the open, and fires six more shots at the boys trying to get away. Oh my god. Like, I know I'm just gonna keep saying this, but, like, what... Like, why? There's no fucking reason for you to escalate it that much. No! Like... Not whatsoever. Like, none. None. Even if there was, like, a heated argument about something, like, as insignificant as that, there's no reason for you to get that violent with it. Nope. Like, at all. And there's so much about Michael Dunn's character that just shows that he was a murderer waiting to happen. Yeah. Jesus. And it's... And, again, how can that be self-defense... Mm-hmm. When he got out of his car to <laughs> yeah, fire at bull him. shit. Not happening. It, first, ten shots means that he wasn't just trying to defend himself, but that he was trying to do damage to this car and to these boys. Mm-hmm. Second, if he was in danger, why the fuck would you get out of the car and make yourself a bigger target? Right? Like, instead of... No. That makes no... Like... Ugh. It makes no logical sense. Yeah. Okay. Going back to the chain of events, how we've talked about how dumb as fuck Michael Dunn is. Mm-hmm. Um, so once the Dodge was gone, Michael got back into this car and was like, oh, guess that's over. Okay. And Rhonda <laughs> exited the so- store shortly after. Again, I'll reiterate, 
Rhonda had no clue that this had just happened. So yeah. she just got into the car with the stuff and was like, like, hey, babe. Just shot some, you know, like, oh my god. And so the two simply backed out and they drove back to the hotel. He didn't tell her? Oh my god. So, <laughs> what the hell? according to Rhonda. But as soon as he gets home, he goes and tells his neighbor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So Rhonda says that for that entire drive, Michael was completely normal. That's disconcerting. He didn't seem anxious. He didn't seem paranoid. He didn't even seem angry. If I had even gotten in, like, a verbal that's it argument with someone, I'd be, like, adrenaline pumped for, like, the entire next three days. Same. Like, (laughs) if I had gotten, like, a semi-tense argument with someone, I'd be, like, freaking out. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Like, Savannah got in an argument with someone at our school the other day about gun violence, and she was, like... I was all hyped for the rest of the day. Yeah. But, like, oh, that's freaky that he's, so, like, again, so calm about how that. how can you claim self-defense when you were so fucking normal on well, the way? Well, because if your life had just been threatened, I yeah. think you'd be a lot more... And you'd tell your fiancé as soon as, like, these kids tried to, like... Like, no. It's... Uh-huh. So, um... Where was I? My page just skipped. Whatever. Anyways. Woo! We're back. So, again, completely normal. Didn't even say anything about the event. Didn't even say, like, oh my god, like, these boys just threatened my life. Didn't even say that he got into a fight with them. Like, he didn't tell her anything. That's weird. Of course, when Michael was asked about this drive and, like, the hotel stay, he told a very different story. Oh. He said that he was panicked and fearful for his life and blah 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 blah. Yeah, sure. Um, and That's he... also another thing I would love to bring up. Mm-hmm. So the red car went away first, mm-hmm. which we know. And then he followed them. Right? I don't know if he followed them as much as, like... He just also he left? just also oh, left. Oh, okay. Cause I... Well, because you said that they passed him when they came back, though. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because like, they were going away and then Rhonda came out and got into the car and then they started driving the same, like, exit but when they realized that Jordan was shot and they had to turn around. And so they ended up passing them, like, going back into the gas station. Okay. I, I thought that maybe they were following them, but maybe not. No. Yeah, because if that was the case, and I was like, even more bullshit that your life was threatened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why would you follow? Anyways. So he even said that he wanted to report the shooting right as it happened. I think that's a lie. And that he didn't want to try to get away with it. I think that's a lie. <laughs> but then, of course, he also had a bullshit excuse. Also, for why saying he didn't. getting away with it for something that you're trying to pass off as self defense. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. So, this is his bullshit excuse as to why he didn't report it right away. <clears throat> he didn't want to waste their very expensive hotel stay that they were on for the wedding. What? Um, okay. So, yeah. Okay. It's like, oh, you poor man, you can't waste that money. You gotta take this time to relax before you report, report the murder you just committed. Better the- rest that head on linen before you go to jail <laughs> for murdering a 17-year-old boy. Oh my god. So his entire <laughs> excuse was that they had one more stay in this hotel, like this night in this hotel, and he didn't want to... Like, waste it. Okay. Alright. Okay. All right. okay. <laughs> so, Seems totally logical. Uh-huh. He's just, like, a great guy, overall. Mm-hmm. 
So following the shooting, Rhonda still had no clue as to what just happened. And you know, Michael just had a chill night with his fiance because he could do that Cute. after he just shot someone. Cute. Um, and he even went for a walk with their puppy, unarmed. Which Girl. like I am all for going unarmed everywhere. <laughs> I don't think we should be taking guns on walks. But if he feared for his life That's also like out of character though. Uh-huh. Like, like and especially if he feared for his life. Considering the situation, yeah. Like, if he really thought that thugs were out for revenge to come get him, why wouldn't he take the gun he obviously has no problem using? Uh, yeah. So, again, his bullshit story falls apart even more. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was the series of events, and then, as we know, after that, he went back home and was arrested. So, after all of the evidence and all of the testimonies were given in court, a mistrial was declared and another trial was held, Michael was charged with one count of first-degree murder, three counts of attempted first-degree murder, and one count of firing into an occupied vehicle. Yep. Did Mist- all that shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, I did mention just very briefly there that a mistrial was declared at one point. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. Um, the mistrial was declared because one or two jurors believed his ass and they couldn't come to a consensus. Question. How? How? I don't know. So sorry. What? <laughs> you listened to all that and you were like, mm-hmm, that makes sense. Yeah. Don't think it does. Like, Not at all. Looking barely on the surface doesn't make a lot of sense, but okay. So, a mistrial was declared and another trial was run and his ass got convicted. Of, like, everything. Mm-hmm. So, still- As he should. <laughs> despite- All of this, all of the evidence, all of the charges, Michael Dunn still cries victim in the situation. Yep, not surprised. A quote from Michael himself. Great. I was the victor, but also the victim. Oh my god, shut the fuck up. Nobody cares, Edgar Allan Poe. Like, (laughs) nobody thinks you're cool. Oh my god. Oh, why does he- why is he trying to be so inspirational with it? Like I was the victor. Also, how the fuck were you the victor when a seventeen-year-old boy is dead? Like, that's such a weird thing to say. Too. Uh-huh. Like that's a real like. Like I don't even know what he was trying to get. Because assume like assuming his story was correct in you know some bullshit way, why would you like say win. that you like take the win after you like unwillingly murdered somebody yeah because like obviously if it was self-defense you didn't like want to do that yep. so why would you say that you were like yeah i got him like no no, <laughs> no that's not how that works it's like everything and you so... say about self-defense is immediately shot down by everything you say mm-hmm. or do like and another thing about his whole attitude towards the situation is that it just becomes abundantly clear that, like I said earlier, he was a murderer waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. People knew he was violent, and people worried that one day he was going to snap. People knew him to have a quick temper. This wasn't unexpected. Mm-hmm. And yet he still got a gun, and so quickly, in less than three minutes, he took the life of a 17-year-old boy who did nothing more than play music too loud and refused to turn it down in his own car. Yep. And I just think that's bullshit. Absolutely. I, I'm i really glad that he got convicted, but I was not going to be surprised if he wasn't. Yeah. Because the oh, and justice have, system is fucked, too. I have some stuff to say about that, because he tried to manipulate his entire trial mm-hmm. the entire way through, and it, if it had maybe been in a different county or what, it could have worked. Yep. 
so yeah this is like i am actually right there in my notes i wasn't sure if i were but was whoa was Rumor. we got it um so michael also tried a really a lot of really awful tactics leading up to his trial so yeah again not surprised because first an of asshole. all while he was waiting awaiting trial he was in jail because the court was like fuck you you don't get bail <laughs> yep as he so, should not <laughs> as he absolutely should not so his ass was sat in jail and he was like hmm how can i make this better for myself oh god so, first, he tried to get his trial moved out of Jacksonville into a different county. Mm-hmm. The reason his legal team gave for this was that there was a lot of media coverage about the case, and they feared that jurors could be biased because there was, like, a bunch of coverage. But, okay. in reality, there was clearly an underlying racial motivation. Mm. In letters home, specifically to his grandma, which I think is fucking weird... That is the most random person. Okay. Uh huh. Michael was openly racist. Yeah. Again, not. He would surprised. use terms like thugs and the blacks to refer oh to the people God. of Jacksonville. Like in general. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with you? So many things. Oh my God. I, I hate actually you guys. hate old white men. Like I cannot <laughs> stand them. Oh my God. I hate them so much. Cannot stand them. Ninety nine percent. People are like, not all men. It's almost. It's almost all We're of them. real, real close, okay? Like, it's, it is a fraction of a percent, all right? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Ugh. So, in these letters where he was, again, being openly racist, mm-hmm. he even said things like, he hoped that his trial was moved to a more white area. Are you could, kidding me Where right he now? could get a white jury who would be more lenient and sympathetic to him. You mean you want other racist jurors? Like, uh-huh. What the fuck? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with this guy? So, oh, it gets worse. No thanks. So, during the trial, which did happen in Jacksonville, by okay. the way, so his plan didn't work. Yeah. He, his team, his legal team. It's also, like, such a stereotypical thing to say of people in Jacksonville, because, like, like... Yeah. What? What? Okay. Like, that's just, that's so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, during this trial, his legal team also tried to s- dismiss the black jurors for seemingly yeah. made-up reasons, and it was yeah. just really abundantly clear that they didn't want them there because they were black. Yep. Jesus Christ. So, the entire trial, they were just, <laughs> just being racist pieces of shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. They were literally just being white supremacists. <clears throat> Love that for uh-huh. them. Great. It was really great. Ugh. There's more. Please, no more. <laughs> Let's stop here. <laughs> he also wrote to friends, trying to get them to add things to, like, statements, which is illegal. Mm, yeah, I was just gonna say, I don't know if you can do that. He was, like, trying to get them to add things to their statements, he was trying to get them to add things to his own statement, which I don't how know how that, do that that works. Or he was just saying that he was gonna add these things. Mm. I don't know what the fuck he was trying to get at here. Yeah. But he was trying to add things like the fact that he was gonna try to claim that Jordan said, this shit is going down now. Which, first of all, never said. Yeah. Second of all, never mentioned before. Yeah. So he tried doing that. Okay. Michael also wrote to Rhonda, oh. clearly trying to gaslight her. Yeah. Into changing her account and lying on the stand for him, which is just icky. Overall, overall, just a <clears throat> terrible person. Oh, yeah. Like, really... In the letters to Rhonda, he would say things like, you remember it wrong, and like... Uh, uh, 
Bitch, what? <laughs> okay. That is so ridiculous. Like, he was straight up gaslighting her, and he was just like, yeah, I'll send these through the jail, and they won't notice. <laughs> oh my god, this guy is so fucking stupid. I really- I cannot stand I him. really hate his ass. Literally, let's start um, a hate club. Like, I cannot we? stand him. Please. Um, so luckily, please, none of these Please things... let us know if you would like to join. We, we will start it with you. Yes. We will... We'll, we'll create a compa- campaign against this bitch. Oh, like... yeah. Because he's just an asshole. He's, like, such a piece of shit. And he, like, he took the life of such an incredible boy. For no fucking reason. No. Like, other than him being a racist asshole. Like, yep. That's Hold so on. ridiculous. Uh, before I wrap it up, um, again, none of the things mentioned above worked. Yeah. So, his racist piece of ass like, <laughs> uh, was sentenced to life in prison plus 90 years. Yes. Which is great. great. Love that. And again, That is what we want. <laughs> luckily, none of the things he tried worked, but they definitely could have. Which well, yeah. is really sad. Mm-hmm. Had his trial been moved to another county and he had gotten a white jury, it is likely that he would have gotten far less time. Mm-hmm. And, like, the sad thing is, is that it's happened in other cases. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't entirely unsurprised when I heard about this. I was more surprised by the fact that they didn't work. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, that's how a lot of the times this goes. Because people believe white men a lot more historically. Mm-hmm. Even though <laughs> a lot of times their asses lie. Oh, but, yeah. But, like, it's... So, um, before I wrap it up, Savannah, I was going to show you a photo of Michael David Dunn. Would love to not see that, actually. Ew! <laughs> He's so gross looking. Look Ew. How, look at his pathetic ass. He like, looks like a like... fucking character on Sesame Street, but like, <laughs> bad. <laughs> like, he look. looks Like, you know, in cartoons when they would like exaggerate certain features, <laughs> they'd exaggerate like his eyebrows and they'd be like fucking like wings. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh his neck's God. the same size as a head. Ugh. Yeah, he's... Fuck that guy. He's really gross. Also, this photo... Like, look at his pathetic, whiny ass trying to feel bad for himself. Oh, yeah. Crocodile tears. <laughs> Nobody... The headline on this article is literally, like, for loud music killing. Like, what the hell? Like, there's yeah. no... <laughs> yeah, you literally killed a kid because he was playing music. Like, how does that feel? You know? Like, ugh. Yep. I... Yeah, absolutely. We'll be starting that hate club. Yes, absolutely. That guy's Um, such a. So we don't end with talking about him. No. Now we're gonna turn it back to Jordan and his family and start a really nice. We love these people club because they did some great things. (laughs) Yes, this is the. This is the good stuff. Yeah. Like none of this is good, but there is good that came out of it. Okay. So after Jordan's death, his family and his family stepped up and spoke for their son. By the way, something I wanted to mention is that Lucy McBath, his mom, mm-hmm. did beat cancer. Oh my gosh. And I was going to ask him, yeah. like, that would be so, like, terrible for her to, yeah. I mean, like, all of it's terrible regardless. No, yeah, but. but well, good. That's crazy. Good job mm-hmm. for her. Oh, there. She is insane. Yeah. Here, I'm actually going to skip ahead. Um, Lucy McBeth became an activist and a congresswoman. In Atlanta. Oh my god. And she was elected and then re-elected. Oh my god. Like she Pop off. Yeah. Girl. And she Damn. commonly speaks out for her son and others victimized in a similar way. 
And both of Jordan's parents began advocating for tighter gun laws in America, Mm -hmm. as well as bringing attention to racism and other various issues within the stand-your-ground laws in Florida. Mm. Do you know what those are? Very vaguely. Here, I'm gonna pull them up real quick, because I did do some research on them. Yeah, I haven't looked at them super in-depth. I I haven't either, so I'm gonna look it up real quick, just so. So, um... It allows individuals to use deadly force if they reasonably reasonably believe that such force is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm to themselves or others. Okay. Which, in certain cases... Yes. But the way this law is in place in Florida is a lot of the times it's used to target people that are commonly... Well, because... Like, obviously, Michael Dunn's argument was bullshit, so it fell apart really quick. Mm-hmm. But, like, a lot of the times people can use that argument to play the victim when they're very much not. Especially oh, yeah. in situations like this where it might be, like, racially motivated. Because, or like you said, like... in the Florida, it's also been commonly um, used in situations involving transgender people who mm. have been killed. Yeah. For people who, like... I have either been stereotyped as criminals or, like, mm-hmm. that other people could convince someone to have been violent. Like, yeah, a lot of the times they can use that bullshit. But also, like, it can be actually applicable yeah. for some cases where it's I not... I think the way that they are in place in Florida is bullshit. Okay. And that there need to be serious changes made so that it's not just, like, a get-out-of-jail Mm-hmm. free card yeah. because a lot of the times it is way too commonly used as an excuse for like hateful crimes yeah yeah, yeah. so that's one of the things they speak up against um now to talk a little bit about jordan's dad um he created the jordan davis foundation in his son's name oh, and nice. ron commonly travels around both the country and the world advocating against violence and pushing for peace damn so like that's crazy. His parents are, like, incredible. Uh-huh. Like, they are, and, um, Lucy, his mom, spoke at the White House, yeah. has spoken in men- multiple, like, different, like, congressional presentations, yeah. and, like, it's but wild. Like, she's, she's a badass. so much. That's I love crazy. her. Like, we'll I- definitely also rank, uh, link the foundation in, yeah. like, under the episode. Absolutely. And... So if you want to go check that out. Yeah. So that's what Jordan's family kind of did following that, which is nice to see. Mm-hmm. Because it's like at least something good came out of it, even though it never should have happened. Yeah. Um, and so to end, again, we want to focus on the family and not on Michael Dunn's... He who shall not be named. Yeah. <laughs> fucking ass. Um, so to end, I wanted to share a quote from Jordan's dad about Jordan's legacy. Ron says, quote, I have been able to understand why my son's life on earth was taken and why he means more in death to the community and to the world at large than he did while he was alive. He meant more to me alive, but to the world, they didn't know him. And now they do, in death. That was so, like, that gave me chills. Oh my god. Yeah. So that was the case of Jordan Davis. Jeez, that was so sad. I know. Also made me so angry. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, like, when I was researching this case, because I did, I watched a video on it, and then I did research, and then I went back and rewatched the video and did more research, and 
Yeah. And every time I went through it, I would just go through, like, a wave of emotions where I'd be, like, so incredibly sad about, like, what had just happened, and then I'd be so fucking pissed about why. Well, because, like, nothing even close to what happened was deserved or, like, should have no, happened at all. absolutely not. In any context. Mm-mm. Like, even if it had been a different group of people. Mm-mm. Even if they had been involved in, like, a gang For setting or anything. Some, yeah, like... It, like, it was loud music. Like, ugh, that's... Like, that no one should have been killed over it's like, loud music. Kids? Like, that guy was 17. Like, and he, Michael Jordan Dunn Davis was, was 45 fucking years old. Like, you can be <clears throat> mature. You're not a little baby. Like... You don't yep. have to get angry because someone's playing music too loud for your ears. Another thing is that Michael Dunn had a son. He was in town for the wedding of mm-hmm. his son, so how could he not sit there and see these boys and think of his own Right, like, because obviously, like, your son was that age too, but your son was white, so... So, I guess it didn't really Obviously, matter. he's an angel, like... Yeah. Ugh, that's like... Ugh, that makes me so upset. Like, and there's so much to be said about this case, not only with, like... Like, kind of what I was talking about at the end with what Jordan's parents are doing, but not just with, like, the stand your, gr- uh, stand your ground laws, but also with gun violence as a whole in America and how quickly and easily this was able to happen simply because a violent man was able to have easy access to a firearm. And w- literally just wanted to kill somebody. Yeah. Especially because they were black. Like. Yep. Yeah. And it just sucks. Yeah. And there's not a ton else to be said about it. <laughs> That's just, it, it's fucking ridiculous. Yep. And again, we're going to link the Jordan Davis Foundation. We're also going to link different, um, like, probably, uh, can't think of a word for it right now. Gun control. Gun control. Uh, fucking not a survey. <laughs> she's, she's trying real hard. <laughs> trying really hard, guys. Like, resources? <laughs> yes, but also, like. Uh, foundation, uh, petitions. Yes, there we go. Good job. I knew it sounded, it started with a P, but I really wanted to say propaganda, and that's not what it is. That is is. not what it is. Yep. Okay. Okay. Petitions. There we go. Okay. It's been a long day, guys. Yeah. It's been a long day. So we'll link the Jordan Davis Foundation, petitions, resources, all that stuff. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. All right. Well, we should see you again soon. Yes. Much sooner than... Last time, so. Yes, much sooner than, like, four months. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye. All right, bye.